0: I'm David Freeman. This is the Author Archive Podcast. Today I'm in conversation with Nina Simone. This isn't about a particular book, but there are so many books about the remarkable Nina. And I had the joy of introducing Nina Simone at her last Albert Hall concert, which was on the 14th of December 1998. I was in charge of the programmes of Jazz FM, the radio station in London at the time, so I was asked if I would like to interview Nina. Now, grown men have been reduced to tears at the thought of going to interview her one-to-one, but I wanted to meet her, and so I went to a hotel in London just prior to the gig. She walks in. She is not, as I remarked at the time... She was not a little bird of a woman. She was a significant presence in the room. But anyway, I sort of started with the easy questions and I said, okay, here we are. You're in London, why are you here?
1: Because my agent booked me at Royal Abbott Hall and I have to do a banquet tonight for a charity.
0: Your legendary performances in London are to smaller groups of people Mm -mm. than the Albert Hall. I
1: did the Royal Albert Hall about 12 years ago.
0: Do you find that your intimate music grabs that number of people? Do you have to work harder to...? No, I work easier the more people there are. How does that work? Because they give me back energy. You've got one of the most loyal fan bases. Yes, know. I have yeah.
1: millions.
0: Are these people that have been with you right from the start, from yeah. the various early albums?
1: Yeah, since I was 22.
0: Is that when you started this? Playing in nightclubs. Because before that, you were doing, you were studying classical. Classical. Yeah. Was that a, was that a major love? Is that for you the finest music?
1: that is the finest music because it's mathematical and my first love was Bach. I studied 22 years to become the world's first black pianist and it didn't happen because I was rejected at Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia because I was black.
0: Bach is probably as you say the most mathematical you are. I think you probably might agree that you've got these huge numbers of very loyal fans because of the emotional input of your music, the emotions you express. It's
1: not express. just that; it's also the technique.
0: Sure, but were you were you able to express the emotion when you were playing Bach as you do? Yeah, through?
1: because I improvised on him.
0: A few years after that, it became very fashionable. Do you, do you wish that you have been able to do that as well?
1: Yes. I haven't gotten over it yet.
0: You haven't got over it yet?
1: Mm-mm. I'm bigger than the institution of. I went to Juilliard too and studied with Carl Friedberg. But I haven't gotten over the rejection of Curtis Institute because I was good enough to get the scholarship and was rejected because not only racism, but sexism too. I was a young woman and they didn't want me in that institution. Now I'm bigger than Curtis.
0: I I hadn't thought that your sex would count against you as oh, well my as your color. And
1: you are a man. You know that there's sexism as well as racism.
0: I do, but I would have liked to think that the world of music is above that.
1: Oh, uh, well, it isn't. The world is run by men. Unfortunately, women should be running it. They know more to, what to do than, uh, uh, than, than men.
0: Yeah, you say that. But there are men in power who you are famously loved by, and it seems that...
1: I wish I could meet them.
0: Ah, you did. Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you seem to have enormous reservoirs of respect and affection for him. Yes, I do. Now
1: and I think he's the greatest living saint on the wor- in the world. What
0: makes you say that?
1: Because of what I told you before. His calm his diplomacy, his ability to run a government, a whole country that was for for, for 27 years in a prison uh, that was half as big as this room. He stayed there 27 years. That takes a great deal of patience and calm and concentration to come out and become president.
0: You say you haven't got over the rejection
1: no baby
0: how much of that do you just call it raw anger is that the emotion just raw anger
1: that's raw anger
0: so does that raw anger can you allow that to come out through your music
1: it doesn't come out these days too much except with the protest songs because all of Europe loves my protest songs
0: yeah Isn't it good? Isn't it a sign of respect for you that they love your protest songs?
1: Yes, it is.
0: And I'm glad about it. Which of those songs is closest to your heart now? Uh, Young, Gifted and Black. Time to listen to the great Nina Simone singing Young, Gifted and Black, available on Spotify. This is a conversation I had with this uh, amazing woman in December 1998, just before a big concert. It was her last big concert at the Albert Hall. It was to promote The concert that she was talking to me and I played the conversation on Jazz FM it didn't really need any promotion because it was a sellout and I said to Nina there's going to be all of those people there and they all want to hear your old tunes are you happy to sing them yeah you don't mind singing the old songs
1: no I like the old songs and I'm glad they have endured
0: yeah, now, which, which one do you think is the one that you can be most proud of? I know the one that most people... I mean, there's, a, there's an album I have of yours at home, and you say, I think this is the one you want to hear.
1: Oh, my baby just cares for me.
0: Yeah. Do you love that song? It's okay. It's been good to you?
1: Yes, it's been good to me.
0: Time to... Listen to My Baby Just Cares for Me. And if you haven't heard it for a while, you listen to the recording and you realize what a good song it is and how well Nina performed it. Okay, just to remind you, this conversation is happening between me and Nina Simone in December 1998. The concert that we keep referring to happened on the 14th of December 1998. And at this time the internet was new and it was a bit of a novelty and there were lots of Nina Simone fan sites even then so I said to Nina they these fans they shower you with positive emotion do you return the love yes I do do you live in France now don't you yes I do do the fans find you? What sort of life do you lead there? Is it a very private life?
1: It's extremely private. I don't like the house
0: at all. You don't like the house? No. So what are you going to do?
1: We're going to find another house uh. in France. And I'm building a house in Ghana.
0: From your music, you might get the idea that your spiritual home is Africa rather That's than France. Right. So is it kind of a spiritual need to go home?
1: Definitely, all the time. I just left there. I was there four weeks.
0: Do you come away kind of charged up, feeling better about the world after you've been home in Africa? No,
1: not better about the world, but better about Africa. Everybody in Ghana is loud. They're not like the English people, nor the Americans. They don't want you to be quiet. Everybody screams everybody has servants.
0: Do you feel happy in a land where everybody screams and shouts? Yes, because I feel at home. I can be myself. Is that what you do too? Uh, uh, Of course. (laughs) So how do you you live happily in France? I mean, where they don't scream. I don't.
1: I don't live happily in France. That's why we're changing homes.
0: But there must have been something there that you liked.
1: Oh, yes, I have a beautiful garden. So big. And uh, it's huge, and I enjoy it more than I do the house, because the people are very unfriendly and very closed. We don't have any... I have one friend there who's a criminal lawyer. Other than that, we don't have anybody but Clifton, me, and my bodyguard, that we stay together.
0: So the folks don't drop by...
1: No, just the criminal lawyer.
0: It might be useful one day, you never know. It's a, it's
1: She's already been useful.
0: <laughs> <Are> she? <Yeah. laughs> I she. By now, I was beginning to feel quite confident. I felt she was warming towards me. I felt that we probably had a long-term relationship going. So I began to get a little bolder with my questions. I put it to her that she'd achieved a lot of ambitions, she'd endured for a long time in what is obviously a tough business. So I asked her, has the business been tough on you?
1: Good lord, yes. Woo! It's been impossible. It's it's just it's just God himself that has made me endure all this.
0: Have you not enjoyed it at all? Yes, I enjoy being on stage. Is that the best bit? Is that what... Is that what makes it all worthwhile?
1: At this moment in time, yes, but I want my own man.
0: You want your own man? That's right. (coughs) Are you advertising? I've
1: been married twice. Yeah. But uh, I'm not married now and I want my own man.
0: Tell me, what sort of man would this be?
1: Powerful.
0: Powerful. Um, would he do as you told him to
1: no he would advise me and he would be at my side all the time and he would have to accept me as a, a as a woman and as a star
0: now if he would enjoy accept you as a woman and a loving wife presumably yeah and a star how important has it been for you if it's a tough business, how important is it for you to be and to have been a star? Do you enjoy that?
1: I enjoy being on stage. I enjoy the interviews. I enjoy... That's about it. That's about it.
0: <laughs> what about the playing the piano? Do you, I mean well, not if I enjoy playing the piano? Do you sit and play just for you to enjoy. No,
1: I don't play the piano at all at home.
0: So, when you've got a big concert coming up, like next week, do you do you kind of get into shape like an athlete? Do you train?
1: Yes, I swim every day. <gasps>
0: but do you practice the piano no, as well? I
1: do not practice. I don't have to. You can I just go. Born playing.
0: Do you think that that talent then was given to you, and you would have been able to play? whatever
1: yeah the god the god gave me that talent oh. I played by ear when, when i was 5
0: when you get up um, with these thousands of people what kind of show will you give them
1: i'll give them the protest songs and the songs that they like and uh there are many of them uh and many fans mm-hmm. I will give them My Baby Just Cares For Me, The Other Woman, uh, The Black Freighter. um, What's your
0: favorite love song?
1: uh, My favorite love song is, what's my favorite love song?
0: (laughs) You must have a favorite love song. The Other Woman.
1: The Other (laughs) Woman. No, that's
0: mine, that's That's mine. (laughs) So,
1: (laughs) well, A Woman, uh, uh, my favorite love song, it's Sugar in my bowl. Yeah, that's Sugar his
0: favorite. What What ambitions do you have left? Almost everything that you could have set out to have done, you seem to have achieved. Any lasting ambition?
1: I want to go to a Red China and Japan.
0: Nina Simone again. I hope you and do.
1: Back to South Africa.
0: I hope you have a wonderful okay. concert. Thank you. And off I went into uh, the London afternoon, packing up my tape recorder. Everything back in those days was recorded on portable tape machines, and I thought that was it. But then I got a call from Nina's management saying that uh, she'd enjoyed the conversation, so would I like to introduce her concert? And uh, of course, I jumped at the chance. I mean, to introduce Nina Simone on stage at the Albert Hall, that was quite something. So I turned up on the appointed day, and uh, Nina wasn't there. But her daughter, Lisa, who performed under the name Simone, was. She opened the show, and she put on a very good show. Nina arrived, and she came in a wheelchair, which I wasn't convinced she actually needed and she was grumpy and um, I pushed her into this is I think this is how I recall it I pushed her wheelchair into her dressing room and she was all sort of snappy and and I said what's the problem Nina and she said children and I said how many children have you got just one And I said, well, she's just done um, a really good show and she did a killer version of My Way. See what I mean, (laughs) she said. I assumed that she wasn't a fan of the song My Way. Um, And then she said, how are you going to introduce me? And I said, I'm going to tell them you're a star. I'm not a star. I'm a living legend. And she was right. She was, at that time, a living legend. She went on to stage with no rehearsal, and she was in a bad mood, but she went on stage and smiled and produced a killer concert, and there was a huge standing ovation at the end. And uh, I remember that day with a great deal of pleasure, the day I introduced Nina Simone on stage at the Albert Hall. I'm David Freeman. This is the Author Archive Podcast.